0: You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello, my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I am your Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife. He is James Hardigan.
2: Happy birthday, Joe. And I have to say, I'm glad we took that decision to break for two weeks during Scoop, and I know that because Scoop got extended, we've ended up doing a couple of podcasts during the series. Had we had to do that first two weeks, I think I'd be dead by now.
1: Yeah, we had a lot going on. There was EPT Retro, and there was Scoop up the wazoo. That is today's show, Scoop 2020, the recap, and what a Scoop it was. First of all, went 1.5 times longer (laughs) than it usually does. Connor Dryden broke a record, Finton won a title, Lex was the number one streamer on Twitch for a day, Spraggy, Spraggy was mentioned on Lex's stream, I don't know, (laughs) I'm not really sure what to say about Spraggy, honestly.
2: I don't know if you remember Joe, but last year we did appoint Spraggy as our official Scoop correspondent, and that's why we scheduled him for this week's episode.
1: All right, fantastic. It seriously was a hell of a scoop, and we will be recapping the whole of it, the hold of it, a little bit later in the show. Quarantine, James, must be making people really desperate because I was actually asked to be on Friday Night Poker. Ooh. I think, first of all, when it was in the studio, my phone didn't ring. Now that it's on the do internet it from home. Who's got
2: good quality broadband? Joe Stapleton. Let's call him.
1: Stapleton clearly knows how to wear a headset. I think they mostly wanted the celebrities that I know. Oh. But you know what? Feeds my ego to be like, all right, I can get you. I can get you the Michaels. More on who those Michaels were. So just to be clear, Joe
2: Stapleton, easy get and fixer. You're happy with that rep?
1: For now, (laughs) it's a stepping stone. Eventually, I'm going to be the guy that someone has to know to get him. Uh, somebody does know this guy, Irvin Cruz. He's a super fan. He's a fella. He's challenging me to something called Nerve, a movie I had never heard of.
2: Yeah, this was a bit of a left-field suggestion, but you know what? I'll allow it. Um, So that was on our schedule of stuff to watch. I have now reached season five of The West Wing, which... Is probably my least favorite season to be honest, but then we get to six and seven and it's all gravy. How is the Marvel-a-thon going? We haven't checked in in a while on your attempts to blow through the MCU.
1: So one thing I want to mention, because I think that my experience might help some folks out there. I, I took some mental health days. I was feeling run down. Quarantine was getting to me. I was too busy. Um, the weeks were starting to feel like one long day. And, uh, I just disconnected from, from everything only for about 24 hours. Um, you know, I, it was light on the connection after that, but I did 24 hours full of my phone off. And it really did a lot uh, just to exist and be and know that there's nothing to check on your phone because you're not turning it on for the next 24 hours. And that was really helpful. And during that time, my girlfriend and I blew through a bunch a bunch of the Marvel movies. Uh, We did Iron Man 3. Yep. Which I actually liked less the second time than I did the first time, but still liked it. I think
2: that's fair analysis. It's not a film which holds up as well on on multiple viewings, but it's still decent.
1: Yeah, and um, I think there's some foreshadowing, obviously, with the messages he leaves to Pepper. I noticed that. Yeah. And I still love... Love the Mandarin twist. Yes. I think that's
2: a lot awesome. Of, a lot of people hated it, though, because they felt that they'd taken this awesome villain from the comics and done nothing with him and just turned him into a, a, a joke, as it were.
1: Yeah, fine. Didn't care. Thought yeah. it was actually a good surprise. Uh, then came Thor Dark World. Meh, but watchable. Again, I think the worst of these movies is watchable. Uh, after that was... Guardians of the Galaxy yes and that I remember not liking that much the first time Thinking think it was fine then really liking it in the future and now I realize the plot to this one is very convoluted
2: my feeling on Guardians of the Galaxy is the first time I saw it I really enjoyed it on repeated viewings I'm like it's not actually that good and controversially I think the second one is a much better movie
1: the second one is really, really good. I'm looking forward to that one. Then we watched Ultron. Now, I had prepared the lady in saying that Ultron is like the last one that's not very good.
2: I think Ultron is better on a second viewing than it, it is. It is. But it's it's just it's so dense. They're trying to do so much. It's unnecessarily complicated. Um, but there's still a lot to admire about it.
1: There's a lot to admire about it. And what I didn't admire about it at the time, which I kind of was unfair to infinity war with this too. The last 55 minutes of that movie is just pure nonstop action. It is really, they went to a lot of effort uh, for the end of that movie, just a full hour long action sequence. Pretty cool. I thought all was much better on second viewing. I think James Spader is fucking awesome in it too.
2: Yes. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Uh, Next after that comes Ant-Man.
2: It does, which closes out Phase 2 of the MCU.
1: So when I first saw Ant-Man, I saw it months later because I wasn't interested in it, and then I was pleasantly surprised. I found it this time around to be just kind of like waiting to get through it because it doesn't really advance the MCU storyline at all.
2: It doesn't, but you need to be introduced to the character because he's a huge part of Civil War, which I think we can all agree is a near masterpiece.
1: So Civil War is the last one we did, and I remember it being good, and on second viewing, it is even better. It is so, so good. So many moments. My girlfriend even got choked up at them being torn apart. Yeah. She was, like, genuinely attached to the team and was like, this is not what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be a team.
2: And I appreciate that I've just accused Age of Ultron of being overcomplicated. And the plot of this one is even more complex. And if you start pulling it apart and realize that the steps that Zemo has taken to bring about this particular chain of events, it very quickly unravels. So don't, yeah. don't start to overanalyze it. Just enjoy what an incredible journey it is from start to finish.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that I wish that uh, she got to experience was that she, you know she saw Black Panther in the theater, but had never seen Civil War. And James, you and I and Broughton saw this movie together. We went to Mon- in Monaco, Monte Carlo, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember being blown away by Black Panther by being like, "What a cool character! Wow, a mystery to me because I wasn't super well versed in the comic books. I know like the basics of a lot of stuff, but I didn't know what to expect from Black Panther, and I was like. What an awesome introduction into the series.
2: No, absolutely. So talk about this TV show you were on on, um, on Friday.
1: Uh, so Friday Night Poker, if you remember, was a Facebook show, uh, cash game show, low stakes cash game. And uh, Brent Hanks and Maria Ho approached me and said, hey, do you want to play? We're getting a game together. Uh, we got Bruce Buffer. We got a couple of folks from Survivor, Tyson Apostle, who's been on this show. A uh, young lady named Michelle, who is on the most recent Season of Survivor, and they asked me if I could, uh, if I wanted to see if Michael Ian Black and Michael Sarah wanted to play because they play in both of uh, in two other home games I play in. So Quick shout out! Just just to pause very quickly here. Yeah. Had you
2: not been able to deliver Michael Ian Black and or Michael Sarah, do you think you still would have been welcome at the table?
1: I don't know. I think because of Maria, yes. Maria has done is always looking out for me, always trying to pull me into cool shit. Uh, I like to be able to bring something to the table. Here's the good part. Michael Ian Black and Michael Sarah very happy to be asked to play. So it's a win-win, right? Everybody's happy. I look cool. They're happy to play. It's not a favor. I'm not asking them for a favor. Um, There were a few awkward moments, the first of which being that Michael Ian Black is the first person to be eliminated. And because like, I asked him to come play and they asked that people sit there on zoom. Oh,
2: so it's not low limit cash anymore. It's now a, 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 it's a, a sit, it's a and, sit go. and go now. Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, they asked, uh, if people would stick around, he was a good sport. He did, but I felt terrible. And I felt even worse about the fact that Bruce buffer kept asking Michael questions about Hollywood, but wasn't specifying which Michael and was only asking them of Michael Sarah, And I don't think at first realized that Michael Ian Black is also an actor. He just he just kept ignoring Michael Ian Black, which I thought was hilarious. And eventually, I think Bruce Googled him or something. Because he's like, oh yeah, Mike Black, I, I know you're an actor too. Sorry, I just was having a chat. Big fan of Michael Sarah's. So there are some incredibly fun, awkward moments in that broadcast. Including a bunch of times when... Major major suckouts happened, but it was a good time. I did not win. I don't think I have to tell you that.
2: Oh, I mean, it wouldn't be a broadcast that you were involved in, Joe, without there being numerous awkward moments. I mean, that's Sorry, your trademark. Quick, quick,
1: quick shout out, by the way, to the Quarantine Club, my home game club. Oh yes, we we get that's that's where I first learned of Michael Sarah's uh, affiliation with poker. And uh, love that gang. And they, they get a kick out of it when I say hi on the podcast. They all listen to the podcast, James. So say hi to the Quarantine Club.
2: Hello to the Quarantine Club. You're all welcome on this show anytime. Hashtag we need content. Uh, talking of content, the main focus of this show, as we teased at the top, is to take a deep dive into Scoop. That is the big news story of the month. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Year's News. The Spring Championship of Online Poker 2020. Just to be clear, we're recapping this series a week later than originally planned. And even though we're seven days behind schedule, we can't actually do a recap because Scoop is still going. So consider this the Spring Championship of Online Poker in progress report. And of course, to help us with that report, we have to bring back our official Scoop correspondent, Benjamin Spraggy Sprag.
3: Welcome back, Spraggles. Hello, pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be back as ever as your uh, scoop correspondent.
1: Before, before we get going, I just want to say, Spraggy, congratulations on uh, on your scoop on your deep run. I enjoyed watching it very much on Lexus Stream. Oh, thank you very much, Joe. <laughs> I think mo- most everybody else did as well. <laughs>
2: Oh, the needle. Before we get into the nitty gritty and before we actually hear stories of your personal scoop, including the main event, Spraggy, I have got the latest stats and a reminder that these are up to date as of the time of recording, which is Friday the 29th of May. At this point, we have Ted Rogers 321 events completed, 321 scoop tournaments. Uh, There have been nearly 2.4 million entries so far. Total prize pools of $163 million and total first place prize money awarded is more than $22.5 million. Did you have any inkling that they might extend the series, that it might run for a full month?
3: Um, not, well, a, a little perhaps. But I think going in uh, to a scoop, you're already preparing for what is quite a grueling sort of two weeks or more, sort of two and a half weeks. Um, but given everything that's going on and, and the appetite for online poker uh, and some of the prize pools that we we're hitting, um, I could definitely see that there was a chance that there would be an extension. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, it's been a very, very busy what, – what are we up to? It's going to be like four weeks, nearly a full month of scoop. Yeah. I mean exactly Spraggy. a full month,
2: all of May and one day of April.
1: Spraggy, for you personally, when they decide that they are extending scoop, is this something – that uh maybe even though you know it's you continue on you have boosted broadcasts is it something that you're like oh man this is just another week now of really hard work um yes and no i mean
3: the, the thing is with scoop um if you're not getting results Uh, You can sort of be looking towards the end of the series and be anticipating some downtime and sort of time to regroup and maybe get back on uh, to a a more regular schedule, which is usually a little bit slower, a little bit smaller um, and less intense. Um, Fortunately for me, um, as you alluded to, I had that main event score kind of at the end of the planned scoop schedule. So that kind of boosted me up to head into the final or the extended couple of weeks. But I, I definitely think there is going to be some burnout amongst players who yeah. would have sort of prepared themselves to play two and a half weeks. And then, you know, these two weeks get um, extended. But I mean, Hey, if, if if you're not up to playing or you don't want to play, it's not, they're not mandatory. Right. I think it's great to have that option for those that wanted to, to continue, uh, you know, playing yeah. bigger events and, and playing in a more prestigious environment.
2: But there's the additional pressure on you, not just as a player, but as a streamer. And I can imagine that after the original two and a half, three weeks that were planned, you're thinking, "Okay, I'm just going to reset, maybe not stream for a week or maybe even two weeks and just kind of chill. And then you realize, oh, my God, I've got to keep this up until the end of May. I've peaked too soon.
3: Yeah, I mean, I what I did, I just took three days off because uh, you know I, I needed it. I think that's important. Even a, even as a streamer, as a broadcaster, I mean, the vast majority of your regulars on Twitch are very understanding. They realize that it's the energy that gets Sprague put into has these to streams. Stream this
1: right now. You <laughs> say it or, t- or Twitch <laughs> Do,
3: chat will show up in no, his house. Notice the words. The vast majority, Joe, that was employed. Very <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if if you just. Uh, like you say, it is very intense for two and a half weeks. I'm not sure there's anybody out there who could stream four and a half weeks of Scoop every single day, you know, at the level that perhaps, you know, like Lex, myself Finn, and whoever else does yeah. right, in front of that audience for that period of time. So I think downtime is important. And I just I took, I think, three days now.
2: When I reeled off those stats, by the way, there's one number I do want to dwell on. And Joe, when Scoot was originally announced, the guarantee across the series was pretty much half of this number. $163 million in prize money, making this the biggest online series ever by far. And may well hold that title for many months, if not years to come.
1: Yeah, that's that's a staggering number, um, obviously. Happy for that. Happy for the poker economy. Happy, obviously, for the success of poker stars putting it on. Sprague, I, I just had, uh, I guess, my own stats question for you. You posted something in the middle of Scoop sort of detailing a bunch of losses being down. Was that accurate? Was that exaggerated? Was that a joke? I didn't really I was afraid to ask at the time.
3: What if I usually if I post stats, it's accurate or I, I, I'd started off doing a, a diary. I mean, this speaks to the longevity of scoop. I started off doing a diary and just gave it up around like day 14 or something, day 11, 12. Um, usually my stats are accurate. Go The first couple of weeks of scoop, I was not having a good time of it. I had deliberately decided to take shots. Um, I, You know, I think it was as, as good a time as ever, given the increased, you know, prize pools, guarantees. Um, And it didn't start well. I had lots of day twos, but um, just kept falling short and short and short. But then, you know, all it takes is that one run. Unfortunately for me, I had that in the main event. But uh, they're most likely accurate. Usually when I share results, it's all uh, all pretty
2: accurate. Now, there are two leaderboards that we are watching at the moment. And, of course, we don't have the final results. One is the player of the series, and the other is the country's leaderboard. Uh, Referring to the former, it is Rui Ferreira, based in the Netherlands who currently leads and is in contention for the first prize of $50,000 with 1,945 points, but is being chased by Konstantin Maslak and by Talal Shikirchi Raiderlot. Talal's had a great scoop and is in third place right now on that leaderboard. As far as the countries are concerned, it is the United Kingdom... That's at the top, having won 44 titles, followed by Brazil with 41. Now, Spraggy, to take nothing away from British poker players, of which you are one, it's fair to say that the UK is home to a lot of poker players from all around the world because of its access to the global player pool and also because of its favourable tax situation. So even though the UK has the most number of titles, they may not all be
3: UK players. That's very true. And I mean, I I personally have contributed probably zero to that tally. Um, So as a UK poker player myself, I I can take no
1: responsibility for us being atop the leaderboard. James, are you trying to make a Brexit analogy in this?
2: No, not at all. I'm just drawing attention to the fact that they're not all UK players. Just a hashtag fun fact, Joe. Um... The other headlines we've already dwelled on the fact that the series became so big it was an extender running until the end of the month i guess the single biggest story here is connor drynan and joe we got to stream the cards up replay of that 10k plo main event which saw him make it five scoop titles in 2020 breaking the record previously held by sean deeb who won four titles in a single series connor drynan now has six scoops overall i mean spraggy to put that in perspective to win one scoop is an achievement. To win five in a single series, how hot do you have to be running?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. You you definitely have to be running hot, but that takes a certain amount of a certain level of talent as well. Am, am I right in thinking that he won five titles before there was an extension as well? Yes. So th- yes. I, that isn't just a product of oh well, there's loads more events or okay, they they chucked another two weeks on the end. He had done that in the regular schedule before the yes. extension. So I mean, five five scoop titles is is ludicrous. I mean. We talk about it when we cover EPTs, how often uh, we're surprised to see uh, a player who's on a final table. And then, you know, at the next stop, they're on a final table. And again, you think just to do that once is something to, to win five scoop titles within one series is uh, that that's a really, really special accomplishment.
1: I, I was incredibly impressed by this, obviously, even before any of this happened. The day it happened, you know, I, I said we really can't make too big of a deal about this. This this is something that really should be looked upon as a, a crowning achievement in the world of poker, obviously, especially online. I was incredibly impressed, obviously, by Conor Dryden, but also what impressed me was uh, after he watched our coverage of the final table, he reached out to say that uh, he was sorry it took so long and that <laughs> he would have acted faster had he known we were going <laughs> to have to... Do- commentary on it and what impressed me most of all was i asked him if he would come on the show and he said i I, if i was going to do it for anyone it would be for you i turned down every interview i'm just not interested in the in in having the attention it's not my thing i I just want to i just want to be a poker player and i was really impressed by that as someone who wants attention in every possible way shape or form to meet someone who's like no i i don't really want any like that actually stood out to me as someone being like wow that's a normal human being
2: yeah and i respect that uh just to pick out some other key winners kenny hallett and charlie carroll both secured their third scoop titles during this series patrick leonard has won two titles this series dominic nitcher won his first scoop We have to talk about the No Limit Hold'em main event. Um, By the way, Spraggy, Joe and I got to stream both main events, the PLO and the No Limit Hold'em. Obviously thrilled to do that because these are very prestigious tournaments. It also meant that we had like six hour online final tables. Uh, But the main event saw Alex Gers win for nearly $1 million after they agreed a three-way deal. And he made... A ridiculous call heads up to effectively win the title. It wasn't the final hand, but it really was the hand that decided it for him. A King High River call, which in real time, Finton was just as surprised at and delighted by as we were, Joe.
1: Yeah, I mean, Finton's calling of it was really, really cool to see the cards down version of it. Uh, I went back and watched after we had done it. And it was also cool to see that... Uh, In tandem, sort of the things you and I, James, were saying were the same things that Fenton was saying and he was doing it cards down. So uh, always a little bit more exciting in our respect, calling uh, the action, calling uh, the end of a tournament when it ends on a big call rather than all the money piling in pre-flop with a flip.
2: While we're on the subject of Finton, let us let's salute him for winning scoop sixty nine high buy in the one k yeah. deep stack seventy three and a half thousand dollars, winning it in style with the check call any button. Uh, a great moment on his stream, Spraggy. Please tell me you could find somewhere in your heart you were able to be happy for him.
3: Well, ordinarily I'd be particularly bitter. I'd be I'd be really upset, but um. We actually streamed this event. And first of all, he wasn't going to play this event. We were streaming for the first time in about, I think, just over a year uh, together on the PokerStars channel like we used to frequently. And uh, for old time's sake, at the start of the session, I said, hey, do you want to swap 10% on any score over $500 (laughs) like we used to? We haven't had that swap for just over a year. Uh, We stopped it when we stopped streaming together. So it was the one day in the last 12-something months uh, that Finton and I have swapped ten percent and so he won seventy-three K. Um so delight delighted with this win, uh, top, <laughs> top player. Um, and thanks very much for the ten percent. But uh, no, it was great to see and the the check call or anything, that was that was special. That was uh, that was a real moment, huh?
2: It was a real moment, followed by the controversy surrounding the fact that Finton did not get a winning moments video without automated commentary because it turned out he'd opted out of emails from poker stars some time ago took it to director level, and had one <laughs> specially made for him, which, bless him, he then streamed with his own commentary. Seriously thrilled for Fenton, And can I just say, by the way, that to stream that final table of the main event in real time, cards down by yourself, my God, that takes commitment. And yeah. like you, Joe, I went back and watched some of it. And to hear his analysis on zero information, I mean, that is, there is a talent right there
1: very impressive i was i was quite impressed
2: okay we've been building up to your talents Braggy and your deep run in the main event and that day the penultimate day of the main when it played down to the final table when both you and lex were streaming in squad mode something i'd never seen on twitch before the opportunity to follow you both at the same time and flick between the two tables just talk about that day from your point of view first of all to make it into the money to cash in that event
3: and then coming into that day um well well, headed into it um that was my primary goal is just to make make the min cash obviously when when you're in the 10k and there's such a big i think it's twenty one thousand dollars min cash that was my first first thought really but it's not a tournament where you can just sit back and play tight and try and ride into the money you're playing in what is one of the toughest fields so what the toughest field online i think you're gonna see um, you know, all the top players that you see play super high rollers live they are all in the 10k main. So first and foremost, to get to that point, uh, to to make the money, I made a uh, I called off all my chips about seven places away from the money uh, in a three bet pot where I was triple barreled. Uh, the, the guy was bluffing me. I think he ended up coming coming second. But um, that was a really, really intense moment, uh, especially sharing it on Twitch where, yeah. you know, if I made the call, I was wrong. I was out seven from the money. But if I made the call, I was right. I was almost guaranteed to cash and, you know, double up as well. So that was like a a $21,000 call. Um, so we'd already had a lot of intensity, um, but nothing quite like day three. And obviously with Lex making that run alongside as well. I mean, it was, it was probably one of my favorite moments. I mean, it's certainly my favorite moment on Twitch. One of my favorite moments in poker, uh, full stop, to be honest.
2: I can understand that, and the fact that you both got drawn at the same table. So we're effectively seeing two players, and you can see as soon as the cards are dealt, because your delays are in sync, it's like, right, I want to go to Lex's table because I know he's going to play this hand. Oh, we've got to go to Spraggy's table because he's would like to be all in. And there were two hands that happened in a very narrow window of time where both you and Lex found yourselves all in. And in your case, it was all in with ace-nine against ace-seven, but more worryingly, all in against kings and you caught running diamonds to make a flush. I mean when you watch that back and you see your reaction, what is what are your thoughts?
3: Um I mean that was one of those where I was so we were so excited. I mean just just pulling back to the the sort of squad streaming thing, um that's something that Lex and I have never done. But obviously from a content perspective we got together at the start of the day and said we're both in this thing at the same time we synced our delays precisely for some reason lex uses 363 seconds because why would you just use six minutes <laughs> um so you know i think that was that was part of why this was i think such a great experience for the viewer is because like you said we were we were exactly synced up um and, and you know you had that shared experience but um that hand was that hand was incredible because watching it back the last thing i would say because there's a short stack all in it's then the majority of my chips all in against the short stack shove with ace nine. Yeah. And the last thing I say is we really don't want any action behind. If, you know, if we get action behind, we're in trouble. And lo and behold, we got action behind the guy at Kings. Um, and the flop brought a seven, which means that even if I hit an ace, I don't win the major. I don't win the full pot because the guy with a seven sh- scoops it. Yeah. So my only ro- road to victory is running nines or running diamonds and I watched the clip back and you see the diamond come in on the turn. And I'm really not one for getting like too invested in situations on stream or like calling cards on stream. But I screamed for that diamond. Like, like I've never called for a card before. And when it hit, it was like my, I just, I lost my mind. like, I was, I walked out of the door. I was like, I had my, you know, I stream in this conservatory here because you hear the birds on every broadcast we do. I was like out in the garden. I was just pacing around. It was such an incredible moment.
2: I could see that. And I guess, Joe, we can understand, given the circumstances. And I don't know whether you noticed, like I did, that you know Lex and Spraggy are pretty cool customers. And Spraggy, in particular, keeps his emotions in check. But both these guys, understandably, were wearing their hearts on their sleeves that night. And also being uncharacteristically nice to each other.
1: I did notice they were being nice to each other. It was a little strange. I'm not going to lie. But also, it was. I think, uh, if I can... Uh, also be nice for a second it was really great to see uh i don't ever really wonder whether lex and Spraggy are friends but the majority of our public interactions being Spraggy, lex and Spraggy, Fenton and lex and Spraggy, it's needling each other it's sort of taking shots at each other and to see some genuine camaraderie some genuine i mean i guess we might as well talk about the next part these guys very obviously care about each other if you see the way Lex reacted to the end of Spraggy's tournament and how it was his fucking fault. Uh, you can see that they, they do. There is a real friendship there, and it was nice to see.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, Lex had the double up when he ran ace-eight into ace-king and then hit the eight on the river and also kind of fist-pumped and celebrated in the same way that you did, Spraggy, with the running diamonds. But yes, then there's the ace's six-high flop hand, and I have never, ever seen Lex Veldhouse so miserable to have won a pop.
3: No, I mean, and the Ace 8 hand, if you watch the clip back on my stream, I think I celebrated that as fiercely as I did my own victory, because we, 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 we Lex and I spend a lot of time, uh, especially during scoops, post-session, we'll often get on a phone call, and we will talk about, you know, the, you know everything we've been through that day, and to, it's somebody, I mean, I, you can talk to friends, and you can talk to family, and you can talk to, you know, girlfriends, whatever, but no one really understands what it is like to feel that intensity and that those moments and everything you have to deal with so lex and i lean each other on uh, on each other a lot in that regard and so we both were very aware of of what it what it means to each other and how much has gone into getting to where we are with the streams and and how important these moments are um, when you know you've spent years building this up and this is kind of like a, a very high point in terms of viewership and in terms of you know your exposure and everything that's going on so we really sweat each other's moments and obviously i had spoken to lex about making a lot of day twos and falling up short and never having that big score and you know how how much i was working for it and wanted it so you can really tell when lex wins that part like you say james lex is a notoriously competitive person yeah and outside of the series and regular series like he'd revel in knocking me out. Right. whatever like we're always trying to knock each other out of course but like there's there's a fun in it i don't think he had that fun in the 10k i mean he said that it was you know the saddest he's ever felt knocking anyone out of the tournament and i believe it i I don't credit him with being a good enough actor to show the emotion that he did uh you know what's lucky
1: though i guess is and is that it was such an obvious decision for him sure yeah he didn't have to like make a call with like a, a, another six or something um and so i guess if it has to go down where one of you is in a position to bust the other you don't at least it wasn't like a razor thin call it was like okay well this is how it has to go down
3: right i mean you know my stack i believe was nine or nine or ten big blinds or eight or nine big blinds that may have been even shorter and he, he min opens bun i call 10 six of hearts the flop is 10 six 10, uh sorry it's, it's five six five four or whatever and you know i have no chips left really i have to go with my six like you say joe it's good imagine he got there with something like ace jack maybe he's priced in to call off anyway and then if he'd have like turned an ace or something right it was yeah it was very clear cut it was like he had aces on the button i flopped top pair with five big blinds behind it's he got like he was always gonna get me like there was no there was no uh no decision really
1: i also wonder how he would have reacted what he'd like celebrated in some way had you improved it's big blinds right he could have been like hey good for you
3: yeah i think there would have been i think he'd have been obviously disappointed to lose the pot i, I obviously he he needs chips at that point as well um but there it would have softened the blow for sure it would have been like if they're gonna if, you know if i'm gonna lose a pot if i'm gonna if it's gonna go to anyone at least it was at least it was made
1: it soften the blow for
3: you uh <laughs> in a way yes i mean i was very disappointed later in... right <laughs> yeah I, I, at that moment i was obviously disappointed frustrated but i think if i'd have shoved and been called by another player and it was a flip and i'd lost that flip right it would have been a little more painful um when it was a, a kind of inevitable hand against a good friend of mine you can't really have any arguments and obviously i had done well at the start of the day once you find those diamonds you know at that point i was Pretty sure it was all over. So there's a sense of free rolling the event after that, sure, and, and making a couple ladders. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't feel too bad about my elimination.
2: But also, you get the final laugh, right? Because after you're eliminated, you then give Lex the viewer dump, and that's what tips him over the edge. And he only achieved that record, Spraker. He only became as big as he did that night because of you.
3: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I know Lex has been chasing that record for for years now since it was set by Jason Somerville. Um, and it's just nice to know that as a team, we have people that are able to carry others over the line, Yeah. right? If Lex wasn't able to get it done, then I'm, I'm more than willing to, to help him out. If that's what he needs, so, you know, the support of a big streamer like myself, then that's fine. <laughs> I, actually, I actually somewhat tongue-in-cheek tweeted that out, that like Lex Valtheis, after my raid, has just broken the viewership <laughs> record. And that was supposed to be like a, you True. know, like a needle or something like that. And a lot of the poker media kind of retweeted that, like, you know, like it was a legitimate oh. thing. or whatever. It was quite <sighs> funny. But um, Lex making that viewership record was incredible, and not only the poker viewership record, but on yeah. the day he was the most viewed stream across the entirety of Twitch. Yeah. Which I mean, that's for poker to be in that situation, given the amount of exposure, the popularity of other games. I, I cannot stress enough what a huge moment that is for the game if it's not only on twitch but in a
1: broader sense i can't stress enough uh congratulations to both you and lex for having massive figures that day spraggy you were in the tens of thousands as well and just to put it in perspective i don't think i need to tell you this but for the audience out there more people were watching lex and spraggy even individually than were watching most cable channels in whatever country you live in they were watching comedy central in the united states of america lex and spraggy were beating television and that is fucking fantastic well done
2: And the last thing I want to say about Scoop is I felt that we were able to be closer to it this year than any other year because we got involved in the Cards Up replay of the final tables. But also, Spraggy, we got dragged into doing these uh, reacts videos where we get to watch clips of you, Vincent, Lex et al making asses of yourself and we have to say stuff over it. And I'm hoping that even when Scoop is over that we can continue this because I just enjoy saying mean things about people.
3: Yeah, I noticed that. I, I watched your video back actually. I it's very 2020, but I reacted to your reaction video live on my stream. So I, I played back you reacting to me, and then I would react to your reactions. Um, but the video was great. You guys carry on. If you if you, again, it's nice that we have. You know, people in the team that if you want to say mean things, James, or you want to needle someone, we have people in the team who are ready and willing to accept it. Well, look, uh, I'm
1: so glad you said that, it's, Spraggy.
2: It's great that we've got people <laughs> in the team creating original content so that Joe, Joe and I can carry on being unoriginal. Uh, before <laughs> you depart and you have excelled yourself this year in your capacity as our official Scoop correspondent, Joe, no doubt, has a dumb game that he's going to force you to play.
1: I oh, do, Scraggy. I am so glad that you mentioned that. It's okay. If as broadcasters and content creators, we needle each other because today we are playing a game called name the better half of this iconic duo. I'll wait. I'm going to read you a duo and you are going to name the better half the Fintan of the situation, if you will, in honor of you and Fintan (laughs) taking up the reins once again and co-piloting a stream together. I'm going to read you one half of a duo. Now, here's the problem. A lot of duos, Spraggy. Sorry. (laughs) I was waiting for that one. I do not have a good answer prepared because there's going to be an onslaught here for the next (laughs) seven questions. Now, a lot of the time, Spraggy, duos are uh, known by their names. So what I'm going to need from you most of the time is a first and last name. Understood. Question number one. Who is the fint in hand to the Spraggy that is Art Garfunkel? You may you may Hector a Hardigan for one lifeline.
3: Okay, I will pick Hardigan for this one. Have
2: you heard of the duo Blank and Garfunkel? Clearly not.
3: Simon Simon Bon.
2: No, no, no! (laughs) The answer for you is Paul Simon.
1: Oh, Paul Simon. Paul Simons and Art start. Garfunkel. Here we go, Sprint, uh, Sprintin. Sprintin, here's one for you. Wrestling's The Rockers tag team duo had one superstar and one Spraggy. Who is the Finton to Marty Janetti? Spraggy? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is correct. Spraggy is on the board. I do not have high hopes for this one, but maybe, just maybe, some 1980s pop culture has seeped in to Spraggy's 20-something-year-old brain.
2: I'm gonna say that considering the whole look and feel and creative vibe of Spraggy's stream, he should know the answer to this question.
1: I I have some 80s in me, yeah. Philip Michael Thomas played Ricardo Tubbs on Miami Vice. Who is the one who went on to great success, AKA the Fenton of that duo? I will take the real name of the actor or the name of the character.
3: Miami Vice. I, I like the art style. I like all that 80s stuff. I'm, I've, I've never seen the show. I'm just a fraud. <laughs> I, I'm, on, I'm an empire built on sand. I, I, I have to pass.
1: <laughs> We're looking for Don Johnson or Sonny Crockett. Of course. Now, this one goes a little bit further into the past, but it's not called pop culture. And I know, Spraggy, that you are a straight A student in school, whatever you people call it over there. James Watson was one half of the team credited with the discovery of the double helix. It's well known his partner was the true talent of the two. Who is the Finton of that situation?
2: You're on your own here, buddy. I can help you with Miami Vice, but I can't help you with the discovery of the double helix. Uh,
3: Watson, it's a long shot, Sherlock Holmes. I know they worked on stuff before.
1: <laughs> Watson and Crick was the name of the duo that discovered the double helix uh, Francis Crick the rest of these a lot easier moving into the closer to the present day question number four Spraggy the rock duo Tenacious D is comprised of A-list superstar Jack Black and another guy who's the other guy aka the Spraggy
3: uh Kyle Kyle something me and my friend Kyle uh bald guy Kyle
1: it's me and KG, Kyle, yes, something. Kyle Gauss, I heard it. I definitely heard him say Thank Kyle you. Gauss. Question number six. Who is this Spraggy to the Chandler Bing That is vent Uh, Joey Tribbiani. Joey Tribbiani is correct. I think yeah uh, i think you have one shot here to have a winning score i think you might have three correct already i believe so here's the final question everyone knows the first names of the multi-dimensional cut-ups rick finton sanchez and morty spraggy but what is the spraggy of the situation's surname
3: morty ah i've watched all of it as well I'm drawing a blank, Joe.
1: What is the most common surname? Smith. Morty Smith is correct. Spraggy, you're the Spraggy of this trio.
3: <laughs> no doubt.
1: That was tough. Or,
3: or maybe I'm stupid. I'm not sure.
2: Could be a bit from column A and a bit from column B. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And congratulations once again on that result in the Scoop main event. Take some time off, rest, recuperate, and we'll see you back on air soon.
3: Thanks very much for having me. See you uh, next year at Scoop, I guess.
2: One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stakes. One small piece of business to complete before we are done for the day, and that is to hopefully award some prizes to one of our fans, one of our super fans. And this week, we're welcoming to the podcast Irvin Mariano Cruz. Irvin, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you, Joe. Thank you. Hey, Irvin, Thanks is for there having a reason me. why you you chose uh, a movie that rhymes with your name? Nervin with Irvin.
0: <laughs> I actually didn't think of that at all.
1: Well tell I, us I, a little bit about yourself before we get into this movie.
0: Um I'm I'm a registered nurse. I live cool. in Australia. Awesome. Thank you for your service. Thank you. You're welcome. Um actually it's been good um in Australia because they've flattened the curve. Um I uh, I play poker. I've been playing poker for 15 almost 20 years. But on and off, not a professional. Um put my put myself through nursing school playing poker. Awesome. Um yeah, I I'm I'm from the Philippines, but uh, I live in Australia.
1: And where did you learn uh is, is English taught in the Philippines? Your accent does not sound either Filipino <laughs> or Australian, I guess is what I'm getting at.
0: No, uh so we learn English in the Philippines and the English we learn is American English, not Aha. Uh-huh. you you not UK English. Sorry James. Um That's fine. <laughs> It's it's, uh, it's interesting
2: because do... I was actually going to say, are oh, you originally from the United States? Because I can detect the slight Aussie tilt every now and then, but clearly the primary accent there is definitely American.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have mistaken me for somebody from California. Um, apparently the accent's strong from there. It's actually... Cause you sound,
1: it's because you sound happy. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I... I um, well, the ac- the the accent gets stronger with a couple of shots of tequila.
1: <laughs> Very good.
0: Well, Irvin, I'm
2: I'm thrilled that uh, you've stayed safe throughout the crisis that you've been dealing with as a healthcare professional in the last few months, and I'd like to join Joe in, in thanking you for the hard work you've been doing during that time. I'm also sorry that one thing that won't make you happy is that online poker is not currently a thing in Australia, <laughs> so we can't. I, I know. Yeah, so we can't reward you with T-Dollars. So we're playing for Pokestar swag, specifically Poker in the Ears T-shirts. Joe has already given away your specialist subject. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd never heard of this movie when you suggested it as your specialist subject. We had to verify the year because there's more than one film called Nerve. But to be clear, this is the film adapted from the book, made in 2016, with Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. And I have, Joe, the perfect description of this movie. I can summarize it in a nutshell. This is Black Mirror for tweens.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty perfect. That is perfect. This is definitely the kind of movie that before Black Mirror, which this was or thereabouts, um, you would have been like, oh, cute. Like, that's a cute story. It was watchable.
0: It's a very good movie. Like, it, I enjoyed the movie the first time I watched it. It's been a while since I've watched it again, but I've rewatched it since I've, no, I've nominated as a super fan. Right.
2: <laughs> I mean I I sat down to watch this and I thought oh god what am I going to be in for and actually was pleasantly surprised I thought the opening scene in particular had me hooked and actually I suggested that we watch it as a family because I knew my daughter would dig it and mm. look it pales into insignificance when put up against Black Mirror obviously but it's it is decent the ending leaves a little bit to be desired but overall I was pleasantly surprised I think it's very watchable
0: that's, that's good to hear because I was nervous that it would come as under the, the movies that you didn't like from the last oh. several episodes you've had.
2: Oh, well, Irvin, bear in mind that we've had the likes of Battlefield Earth and Hudson Hawk this year. This is not even in the same ballpark. So I have compiled a 10 question quiz there are bonus questions attached but remember you only get the bonus if you get the main question right if you get the main question wrong the bonus passes to your opponent joe i would imagine you stand a pretty good chance as you've just seen the film and we know that you do retain stuff in the short term (laughs) multiple choice (laughs) options available two points if you don't need the options Irvin, you're first up you're our guest you're our super fan Please give me a number between 1 and 10.
0: It's it's always coming 7. It's
2: always coming 7. How much does V receive for completing Sid's dare? Uh. Uh. Now, remember, if you want to take the options, you can.
0: Uh... I'll take the options. I just saw this about five minutes ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is 5 o'clock in the morning here, and I had to wake uh, up. Alright, well that's something. There you go,
2: Joe. <laughs> we've, we've handicapped the game in your favor. So, does she get $10,000, $15,000, $20,000, or $25,000? $25,
0: $25,000.
2: It's 15000 and that means, Joe, you get the bonus question. Emily right. Emily Mead, who plays Sid, starred alongside Dave Franco's brother, James, in which HBO series?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Final.
2: No, it was The Deuce. So we have a scoreless game, and Joe, <sighs> it's your question. 1 through 10, bar 7, please give me a number.
1: <sighs> Let's start with my lucky number, 9, see how we fare.
2: Where does Ian tell V to shoot him? The shoulder. Correct for two points. Your bonus question. How long does she have to complete this dare?
1: Two minutes.
2: No, only twenty seconds.
1: God, I knew it
2: was a two Round two. You're only down by two points, Irvin. I have high hopes for you. Any question <laughs> other than seven or nine?
1: Fine.
2: Number one Sorry. What is the name of the Spotify playlist that V selects at the start of the film?
0: Um, I'll have I I'll have to take the options. I, I have it in my head, but okay. I have to take the options.
2: Is it only single friend left, post-pop dream punk, a vibe called rest, or what the funk?
0: <laughs> only single friend left.
2: It is for one point, and that means you get the bonus. You're picking the hard ones. I apologize for that.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
2: By the way, those were the four playlists that she had available to her, but she suggests she elected to go for Only Single Friend Left.
1: Oh, you didn't invent any of those.
2: No, they're all yeah. real. Uh, the bonus question. When she opens Gmail, there are two new emails in her inbox. One is from CalArts, Ob. Oh, no. What is the subject of the other email? It leapt out at me because it's a real website. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, I remembered about the CalArts, but I can't remember that one.
2: (laughs) The answer is cat of the day. So, Joe, you're up. (laughs) Two, three, four, five, six, eight or ten.
1: Uh, Let's go question number eight, please. Eight is the number of abundance and I'm going to get a uh, double my score here.
2: Question number eight. When Nancy says somebody is putting money in my account, how does the patient in the wheelchair respond?
1: I'll take the choices, please.
2: And you're complaining? I'll have some of that. White people problems. Make sure you keep detailed records for your tax return.
1: And you're complaining?
2: No, white people problems. And that means, Irvin, you get the bonus question. Who plays Nancy?
0: Juliet. Come on!
2: Juliette Lewis. Juliet Lewis. I did think, watching this movie, where has Juliet Lewis been for the last 20 years? Uh, so we have a tied game at the end of the second round, two points each. Irvin, your question, two, three, four, five, six, or ten?
0: I will go two.
2: What's the name of the sports team at V's high school?
0: The Cougars.
2: Cougars for two points. Bonus question, which high school does V attend?
0: Um, oh, no, I don't know. Vanderbilt on Staten I'm
2: Island. Down. Joe, your next question.
0: Uh, I'll
1: take the lowest number available, please.
2: Question three, which author is Ian reading at the diner?
1: I'll take the choices.
2: Is it James Joyce, George Eliot, Virginia Woolf or F. Scott Fitzgerald?
1: F. Scott Fitzgerald.
2: The author of *To the Lighthouse* is Virginia Woolf. Which means, Irvin, you get the bonus question. Which artist does Ian sing along to for his dare?
0: Oh no. Um. I can even hear the song in my. I don't know the artist. Okay, you know the song. the
2: song. The artist is Roy Orbison. I really wanted you to get that one so I could say you got it. But you still have a 4-2 lead and it is your question. 4, 5, 6 or 10?
0: We'll continue with 4. Which floor
2: of the fashion store is the green dress located on?
0: Um, I'll take the options. <laughs>
2: 3rd, 4th, 5th, or
0: 6th? 6th.
2: It's not. It's the 4th floor, which means, mm-hmm. Joe, you get the bonus. What's the retail price of the dress? 189.99.
1: 3,995.
2: Ah, uh, you would have got the bonus, but unfortunately you don't get to steal it, Irvin. <laughs> However, you still have a 4-2 lead, but Joe, it's your question. 5, 6, or 10?
1: I must have been thinking about a different clothing store. Uh, <laughs> question five. What's the name of the
2: tattoo artist?
1: Oh. All right, I'll take the choices.
2: Is it Needlefingers, Curly Joe, Dirtbeard, or Ugly Keith? Ugly Keith. No, it was Dirtbeard, which means, Irvin, you get the bonus question. What does he suggest tattooing onto V?
0: Um, it's his friend who has... it's his dad. He's his d- daddy. His dad. It's a picture dad. of his dad, so you get the bonus dad.
2: point. 5-2 the score. Uh, we're entered the final round. You can have 6 or 10. Let's go 10. Which character says, It's okay. It's over. We're finally free.
0: Um... Ian? It's not. Op- it's no.
2: tie. You should have taken the options. Tie. So Joe, right. you get the bonus question. <laughs> okay. Michael Dreyer makes a cameo appearance as a cop. He plays Cisco in which TV series about computer hackers?
1: TV series about computer hackers. Halt
2: and catch fire. Mr. Robot was the answer, which means You get the final question, question six. What's the name of the dark web portal that Tommy accesses?
1: I'll take the choices.
2: Is it Aruba, Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahama? Sung in the style of Kokomo, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Those are the four choices? Yes. Bermuda.
2: It was Aruba, so you get the bonus question, Irvin. An appropriate question for us to end on. When Nancy asked Tommy about the money, where does he say it came from? Oh, poker. Online poker, I mean, which online means poker. the final score is six points to Irvin, two points to Joe Stapleton. Congratulations, Irvin. You have crushed this game of Superfan versus Stapes, and we're going to allow you to pick two T-shirts from the Poker in the Ears range.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very
1: much. buddy. you have my permission to turn those shirts into masks if you want.
0: <laughs> I should take a picture and send it
2: I'd like to think that they, they actually give you professional protective equipment uh, Irvin, thank you so much for spending the time coming on the show today we really appreciate it
0: thank you very much for having me It's been, it's a pleasure listening to you guys um, on, on, the radio, on, the, on the podcast on the way to work on the way home from work and everything else in between
1: that's awesome, man! Thank you so much. No worries. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, another very cool one. Even if we do have to read, <laughs> uh, we're
2: go- <laughs> we're gonna
1: go head first into Maria Konnikova's new book, "The Biggest Bluff." She was kind enough to get us advanced copies. James, you've started already.
2: I have pretty much finished Maria's book. It's very easy to read. Look, you kind of know the story. You know the background. You know what Maria was trying to do here. And you know many of the things that happen on her journey into the world of poker. It's it's a joy. And I guarantee you'll get through it in a couple of days. Read it from James, start to just, finish.
1: It's just that my days are... So full of reading to begin with, the 240 characters at a time for about nine hours a day. So Okay,
2: so you talk about trying to disconnect and take a break. Yeah. Nothing is going to happen that you're going to have any effect over. Nothing you can control is going to happen in the time that you put your phone down and actually read Maria's
1: book. What if somebody needs me to get in touch with one of the three celebrities I know? <laughs> Speaking of the three celebrities I know, I don't know any of these three celebrities I'm about to mention because they are huge stars and would have nothing to do with me. Though I have heard that Steve Martin is a poker fan. Coming up next week, the superfan subject, The Three Amigos. I have not seen this movie since I was a kid. I am stoked to watch it.
2: Yes, I have not seen it for a long time either. So looking forward to revisiting The Three Amigos and compiling the quiz for next week's superfan. And we are still looking... For a super fan for the week after next. Remember, we're going to be doing a Poker Movie Monday on a Wednesday. Double Bill. Two films on the agenda. And I have researched this now. Both are easily available. I don't think they're available for free on any streaming platform. Certainly not in the UK. But both A Big Hand for the Little Lady and Runner Runner are certainly on Amazon and iTunes to rent. We are going to be looking at both films I am going to be revisiting Runner Runner. Joe's going to be seeing it for the first time. Neither of us has seen a big hand for the little lady. So that's going to be a new experience for both of us. Would you like to be the superfan? You can pick the movie. One of those two. Let us know. Hashtag poker in the ears. Looking to fix up our superfan for the week after
1: next. James, did you see the guy that couldn't post a Google review? So he wrote on Twitter, I think he volunteered possibly for Runner Runner. Okay. I can't remember, I, but I did reply to him. If you can go back and take a look, he, he was will very go kind back. I will his go review. Back.
2: But we'll get that fixed up. And yeah, we've got that double bill coming up. Uh, and then I think we've just got a couple of podcasts to record, Joe, before we go on our summer break. And I think it's probably a good thing if we do a wrap up of EPT Retro, because that is coming to an end. We're going to conclude sure. those streams with the season six grand final. And I think we already talked about trying to tap up Neil Johnson because I'm sure he's got some stories to tell.
1: I love tapping up a Johnson.
2: Oh, God, I walked into All right, that guys, one, that man?
1: is all the time we got for this week's show. <laughs> you heard what's happening in the future, but the present for now is done. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.